Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. I am thrilled to have on Nicholas Berlay, who is a, an absolutely inspirational leader. He is the author of The Modern Day Businessman and is the founder, along with his wife, of Billion Dollar Body and the Billion Dollar Brotherhood, which helps entrepreneurs uh, reach success in all the different areas of their life. Uh, really inspiring guy, a lot of very actionable content, but what stuck out the most for me was just the unbelievable power of collaboration and um, humility that he has and how you know, a lot of times we go out to build our dreams, we feel like we're not capable of doing it and that there's just so many different pieces and we're not great at it. And Nick really helps see how you don't have to be the expert that can do everything, but rather with the proper vision um, and the ability to be humble and to reach out that you can create everything now. So with no further ado, I give you Nicholas Barely. I am thrilled to have on Nicholas Barely, who is the founder and CEO of Billion Dollar Body, um, which is a, I think you could call it a lifestyle brand, um, helping modern businessmen work on their faith, fitness, finances. I'll let you talk a little bit more about it. But what's so exciting about having you as a guest is a sort of your own personal transformation story and how you were really confident to build this brand to sort of reflect all the different aspects of your personality. So maybe if you could just from a very high level, I know it's hard to put you know, these, uh, all this experience into, into a couple of sound bites, but how did you get here? How did you start? Where is it now? Yeah, it's a great question. First off, I appreciate you for putting together this interview and this community of people. I remember when I was 60 pounds heavier, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, I didn't just have a Facebook ad or a podcast for someone to tell me how they overcame it, that were going through the same struggles as me. All I had was either you were motivated and you didn't know what to do, which was me. I thought I couldn't change my situation. I thought I was fat forever. And then you had people that knew things, which is more nowadays, and they don't do them. Uh, these are the people that they know way more about health than anyone else, but they don't go to the gym at all because they can't get themselves to apply the same things. But my life was transformed for the negative in one moment probably talk about that as well. People stick to the very end. We'll make sure to hit that. And it was also changed for the positive in one moment. I just want people to know that people are listening right now. If you show up, which 50% of success is just showing up and stay to the very end, there's an opportunity that we could create those moments as well in their life. They're very simple and they could take them and create them in other people's lives as well. So first off, I just want to honor you for creating a space to be able to get good transformational information that isn't just theoretically gone through and it's not just taught through failure but it's something that we've actually all done and accomplished and then i'll bring it to other people so as we were talking about earlier i was 60 pounds overweight i graduated high school to 1.8 gpa i went to summer school every year it's the only reason i i actually passed i didn't have a girlfriend for seven years throughout that whole process didn't date anyone throughout all high school even years afterwards and even when i did lose the weight attracted my ideal woman into my life and got married at 20. My wife was 18. We've now been married for over eight and a half years. My son's 10 months at this recording time. Even after we got married, I saw this responsibility as a man that it was time to provide, that I had more responsibilities than when I could just sleep 
in a sleeping bag for 135 bucks with two people that were sleeping in the room as well that I didn't even know. And I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to sleep on the floor because I'm not just going to go work for money for no reason. I want to know what's my purpose. What am I meant to do? I never did anything without knowing why. And I found that entrepreneurs most of the time are like me. They don't do things unless they know why. They're the kids go, why, 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 why? I'm not going to work out until I know why. Why am I going to work out? Well, you can be a high performer. It's going to make you feel good. Oh, got it. Now I'll do it. Why am I going to go make money? But just to go buy more things and keep having to work more so that I can buy more of these things. I'm like, what if I just don't have things and I have time and I can figure out what I actually want to do? When I got married, totally different. My wife wasn't going to sleep on the floor. I had this responsibility as a man to go out there and be like, I'm going to go provide for my family. And I failed. And the only way I, I didn't know what I did want to do in business, but what I did know is what I didn't want. I didn't want to be away from my wife. So we couldn't work two jobs because of what's the chances we're going to work at the same place at the same time every day with each other. So the only thing I could think of was start a business. Pro athlete was too small, not going to happen. So I went out and launched the business and I failed. And throughout that process, I realized there was three areas in a man's life that they cannot outsource. Meaning you could probably have someone else run this podcast or they can edit the podcast for you afterwards. Maybe you need to be here, but you don't need to edit the podcast and it doesn't change your life if you don't do it. Yet, how often do we have guys that go, oh, I'm going to go get a trainer. I'm going to get a nutritionist because I don't need to know anything about that. I just want an expert to tell me what to do. The problem with that is that often we never transform and level up. Like no one's going to have sex with your wife for you. So you should probably get pretty good at it. No one's going to communicate. I don't want that to happen, even if someone would. Yeah, that's not the thing that you want to have. You're not going to outsource that part of your life. You're not going to outsource the connection with your wife. You're not going to, you know, buy her a boy toy or something like this. And I'm talking from men to women right now because I'm married to a woman. But you can do this, flip this opposite. No one's going to eat for you, drink for you, breathe for you, sleep for you. You can have someone help you with the plan, but no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to lift the weight for you. And no one's going to cast the vision for your life for you. And when I look at a business, if you want to do this really slowly and go back and listen to this, you got lead generation, lead nurture, conversion, deliverable, retention, resell, upsells, the main ways that you make money as a business. Without those, the business will fail. I love knowing that because I want to know what are the things that no matter what I need to do in a business to be able to have a business that actually runs, like filing taxes. Probably should do that. If that's a piece of the business I want to know, also in my life, I want to know to be successful as a man, what's the things that I know that I have to be good at? And I started realizing those were the things. So the first company I launched was helping men lose weight, businessmen only. And I created this community of men that wanted to lose weight, that wanted to be fit and healthy because it was the thing that I had done. And I realized that I had failed in all of these areas. And then I didn't have to be perfect. I could bring in the best people in the world to teach on these areas and that's where I launched The Three-Dimensional Businessman. That's where I launched my best-selling book, Modern Day Businessman, all from this concept of being three-dimensional, prospering, health, wealth, and relationship, that you cannot be a modern-day businessman without prospering and valuing these three areas, consistently growing in them. And our goal is that through the example and the transformations that we create in men and their families, the cities, the states that they're in, the countries that they're in, that we'll actually take this ideal and consult every major world leader on how they should run their country. Because the prosperity that we create in the home. 
I, I love that. I'm curious, one of the things that sort of was that left out that I know is very fundamental to you, and I'm curious if you could speak about how this applies to people, because I think when it comes down to faith also, there are kind of like two camps. And nowadays, there's it seems like it's people are super, either it's like very cynical, I don't feel it, I'm not a part of it, and I wish I could have that in my life, but I don't want it, and crazy, only crazy people. And on the flip side, and I know in the, in the circles in which, I mean, you and I know that you're close to Russell Brunson, and across the board, you're finding these, these, these men of faith who are going out into the commercial world and not necessarily proselytizing or preaching about it, but that's a very big piece also. So maybe tell me a little bit about how faith fits into what you do. And then if you're speaking to someone that maybe didn't grow up with the opportunity of having a like a solid structure, should they look for it? Is there a value of it? Or can you basically kill it without it? Cool. So I'll work backwards in the question from how it affects me and how it's in our business and how it affects others. So one of the core things that I found is that many people preach faith and it only hits and reaches people that already have what they're talking about. And they already believe what they're talking about because they never give the ability to have a conversation with someone that thinks differently. It's like Jesus is Lord, uh, Muhammad, Allah, blah, 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 whatever it is. They, they're like, this is how it is. And this is how it has to be. That's great. That's what you have to believe, right? You have to believe in business that your product is the best as well. But if you just run around in circles saying my product's the only product and it's the best product, everyone's going to go, okay, dude, chill out. Like this is like the guy in network marketing that doesn't want to talk to people. My product cures cancer. Why aren't you taking it? Why do you even go to the doctor? You need to do this. Everyone feels like attacked. It's scary. And so when I went into my business, my core goal was to live a life worth modeling and show these guys and teach them to lead through example because actions speak louder than words and people don't care about what you say. They care what you do. They watch what you do. They don't watch what you say. I got told growing up, do as I say, not as I do. My dad would say, you're, you're, you can't drink. My dad drank all the time. Dad, you can't smoke. You can't do this. Don't do this. And he did it all the time. Which one am I, which example am I going to follow? Luckily for me, I was never into the things that my dad struggled with. I had different struggles in my life. Yet example is the biggest thing. So when guys come to me and let's say faith in my life, which I'll get to in a second, they go, because of the life that you live, because of the fruit that you bear, because of the relationship that you have, because of the way you go through life, I want to know what you got, how, but it's built through a foundation of trust that we've built through leading, teaching and living the life and not being like, Hey, if you don't believe this, or if you don't do this, this way, then you're not allowed to be a part of what we do. No, we live out the principles and fruit. They get to tap into that as well. Cause principles of faith work for whether you believe in it or not, it still happens, right? If you jump off a building, believe in gravity or not, whatever you call it, you're going to hit the ground, like whether you believe it or not. That's fruit. You get to see the fruit of the law and the principle. Spiritual principles work the same way. Second thing, how does it work inside of our structure? We put in the health category. People say, well, no, 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 no. Like my relationship with God is number one, not my health. Yeah, I get that. Inside of health, you have mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. So we actually have a test. When people go, uh, let's just say when they grab my book, Modern Day Business, and we talked about this, nicholasbarely.com slash ebook. I have the digital version for free. Go to Amazon and see that it's like seven bucks or 11 bucks or whatever. When they go there on the next page, there's an application. In the application, when people jump inside of BDB Club, which is our entry-level program, inside there, they take an assessment. This assessment 
grades them on how they're doing in health, relationship, and business. That's the order of importance we put. After me coaching 600 men one-on-one, I saw that that order was the most prosperous. Inside of health, though, is, is mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. So the spiritual health is inside of the investment inside of yourself. So that's where we put our faith category. That's why for me, it's not faith and God above all these things. No, it's built into health because without that, you don't have the health. When I was 18 years old, now getting to how it fits into me, I had never been to a church before. I wouldn't say that I didn't believe in a God, but I just never thought about it. I just, I don't know. I thought church or something like that was something that the women went to and the guy stayed home. I remember being in second grade, someone said, are you guys Catholic or Christians? That was like the only options, I guess. And I said, I don't know which ones drink because my family drinks a ton. So they're like Catholics. I was like, we're definitely Catholic. So I told people, I was like, I'm Catholic. I think I had this thought of what a Catholic was. I was like, it's kind of like the rebels that aren't these goody Christian guys. Like, that's what I thought. So at 18 years old, I went to a church for the first time by myself. I had a life transforming experience that changed everything for me, my heart, everything. I became a completely different person. And I spent the next couple of years going to Bulgaria, Turkey, Greece, France, Scotland, London, South Africa, Mozambique, Mexico City, all serving the poor, going to the craziest places, getting guns pulled on me, just serving people. That's weird for someone who didn't care about anyone else before that. So when I saw that transformation in my life, that's what gave me the fuel. That's what transformed the health. I was overweight, got fit, got a six pack, didn't care about life. I still was searching, looking for something. There was something inside of my personal health, not in the the physical, not maybe even in the mental, but in that spiritual space that was affecting the emotional, the physical, every single piece of my life. So without that, I was still missing a gap. The way we communicate is we put in the health sector and the way that we communicate to the masses is through example, not just through audible speech. And I get a lot of crap for it. I could sit here and be like, hey, guys, just so you know, this is the way that it is. But that's not even what I preach in business. It, there's a quote out there that says that if you say it, you could be wrong. But if they say it, they're always right. Meaning that if I say the number one priority you need to have in life, if you want to be successful, is health. Great. Some people will be like, yeah, I, I believe that, too. I'm healthy. Well, I don't need to reach more healthy people. I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to get these successful, healthy, perfect people to come into my community. I'm trying to help people that want to grow, but there's a reason why they're not focusing on their health. And if I just tell them, you need to, you need to believe in this God, or you need to believe in this thing, they're going to go maybe, but they don't believe you because you could be wrong. They're not going to trust you, but who do they always trust themselves? How do I get them to believe it through my example and through telling stories? They like, Hey, this was my life. And then I experienced this and this is what happened afterwards. So that's what worked for me. And people are like, how do I get that? So I lead by the example. I tell the stories. That's how I do it in our business as well. Like, Hey, like you may not think that being three dimensional is the number one way to build the most impactful business while not sacrificing your personal life. Yet when I tell the story of how it's happened over and over again for me and these other people, people are like, huh, this is interesting. I want to see if this is the right thing for me. And I always lead by the example, the story. And rather than telling people what they should believe, I tell the story that gets them to believe what I would normally tell them without ever telling them and they think it's their idea.
Outstanding. Uh, one of the things that's very interesting, and, and again, you know, you were married at 20 and your wife was 18. So even if you're not yet 30, but you've got, you know, almost a decade of marriage under your belt, um, it's interesting as you, as you build out your brand and you work with more people, one of the common themes that a lot of people who think to themselves, I want to build, again, the word is a lifestyle brand. I want to build something that's uniquely me. It's not a dry cleaning business per se, but it's a part where I'm able to take myself and my family and really go out there and serve in all of the different areas that matter to me. A lot of times people get imposter syndrome. A lot of times people say, well, I'm going to be talking to a 50 year old dude, you know, that might have all of these different things or different life experiences. How have you navigated that, that, um, could it be, call it, does that come up for you? Like the imposter syndrome or that this worked for me. I don't know if it's going to work for you. How have you been able to effectively enroll clients that might be in a lot of different areas, older, wiser, more successful than you? Yeah. So there's two different things. Number one is I know where I'm going. So I have no fear of what people think about what I'm doing. I've, I care about what people think. So I don't want to throw that off. Like that's something that I, I don't think anyone who's wearing clothes and is up to date with style doesn't care what people think in some capacity. Even people that are nice don't want to be like, man, I don't want to be rude to that person. They care what people think. Yeah, when it comes to promoting my message, if I get a hater that doesn't like it, I already know where I'm going. I already know I'm going to get there. Who helps support that? I don't know. But I know that it's a numbers game and certain people will because I've already seen the beginning from the end. I already know where I'm going. So I don't care. People listen to this and they're like, man, like I could have wore a suit and I would have looked older, but I'm wearing my friend's hoodie right now. So it makes me look younger. I could shave this off and it'd make me look younger, but I have it on. So it makes me look older. They may look and they'll judge and they'll say whatever they want. There's a certain amount of people that will not care about what I have to say, which they're probably not listening to this podcast. There's certain bad people that love what I have to say. And there's other people that will judge and be like, this guy's probably young. He acts like he knows it all. How much money has he actually made? Whatever it is. And no matter what, those people, it'll never be enough. Right? If I said, oh, we've done $100 million, they'd be like, oh, okay, but it's not a billion. Like, he's not a billionaire. You know, there's always something like that. So number one is knowing where you're going, tapping into where are you actually going and who are you? Because that's what gives you the feel to play the numbers game. When they say success is a numbers game, sales is a numbers game. I never knew what that meant. I hated that until I realized now I'm like, I'm just speaking our message. A certain amount of people connect with it and a certain amount of people buy. And I don't care who they are because I already know we're going to make it. And I know a certain percentage will buy. And that gives us leverage because if people feel that you need them, they'll never want you. But if they feel like you don't need them, they'll always want you. So weirdest thing, sales, like in sales, if they feel like you need them to buy, they'll never want to buy from you. But if they don't feel like you need them to buy, now they're able to free think on their own. They're almost more desiring. So that posture has been phenomenal for me because I know where I'm going. But really the most impactful thing is what type of leader are you? I just got out of a meeting right before we got on this podcast with a guy who's trying to create a men's movement in his local area. And I, I don't believe in this whole people getting all butthurt about competition and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, I don't care, whatever. Like take everything we've ever done. I don't even mind. Whereas other people kick people out of their community, all this junk. So what I noticed is that talking to him, he's talking about faith, fitness, finances, and uh, whatever the heck relationships, whatever the thing is, there's like this whole saying in it. That's not my saying, but you kind of brought up something similar to that. He's doing something similar. So what's the pressure that we get? Well, when I helped men lose weight, I could be the guru. I could be the guy. I've done it. 
I'm only going to teach people that are worse than me that are further back than I am. And so I can always say, I'm in better shape than you. So I'm going to teach you how to be in shape. I'm better than you. So I'm going to give you the path to be good like me. That's what people think that a leader is. Well, you can't go into faith, family, fitness, finances with being this guy that's like, I have it all together. Because it's impossible for you to be the best all the time and better than everyone else in these areas and be a guru. So what I noticed right away is when I moved away from, I help men lose weight to creating this brotherhood where we have guys that have sold over a billion dollars. I have not sold a billion dollars. We have guys that have been married for 28 years. We have kids with three people with three kids, nine kids. I have one kid, people that are older than me, people that have made more money, people that have closed more, people that have worked with more people, people that have more employees. How can I teach all these people and build this valuable community where I'm not the ceiling on the community where no one can be better than me? Well, the way that I did that is I, I took me out of it. This guy asked me, Nicholas, when you started the brotherhood and you wanted to get your message out there, I went through all these things. Even when I had a guru model and I was the guy who helped people lose weight, I had done it, but I still was too young or I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't have enough credibility, whatever it was. I realized right away that when this guy asked me what was the biggest problem that I had in my programs that I wish I would have never done is I made it too much about me. Like I'm doing the heavy lifting right now for Jacob. Like you're just sitting there and I'm doing all the hard work. You're asking questions and I'm teaching you don't have to be the most fit, smart, rich person to do that. You just have to know your spot and not put all the pressure on yourself to go, I have to know it all. I have to be this person. I'm not the guru leader. I'm the guy that facilitates the value. My community comes from the members and the network that I bring in. And it's not from just me who's done it. So I don't claim to be the guy who's perfect in family, perfect in marriage, been married the longest, made the most amount of money, has the most employees. I just have access to the people that have and built the community of it. So when you think about the leader that you're going to be, if you want to go in the guru model, meaning that you're the leader that's done it and you have the blueprint to show people how to do it, then stick to that. Teach that, show them that. Yet in my model, I'm teaching people in all these different areas. So because of that, I bring in the best people to be able to teach the people in that area so that I don't have the burden to thinking that I have to be the one who's done it all. That's fantastic. What, what do you find in your experience? I think that having the opportunity to, like you said, to not need for you to be the guru, which creates that very fixed mentality and all the scarcity, but it's really allowed you to kind of reach out and to be a part of some people that are very impressive. Who has been someone that you've looked at, learned a ton from that's like very practical in your day in and day out life? Like a couple of the people, again, talk to Tim Kennedy, Russell Brunson, all, you know, these, these people that are the thought leaders of, of, of the day. What are some lessons that have really come out from your, your conversations with them? So there's quite a few people. The most impactful person I'd say, there's my dad, who if you go listen to my podcast, BDB, or any other podcast I've ever been on, I've really pushed on my dad and I had tons of struggles growing up. Like I didn't talk to my dad for three and a half years and people would think, Oh, he must not like his dad. No, me and my dad are really close. Now he always ran a business. We really connect on that side now. And he was a huge mentor of mine. I just didn't see it. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the pressures, et cetera. So my dad, one of my mentors, Yost, he's a retired Navy SEAL. He bodyguards Joe Rogan when he's in Southern California bodyguards for um, Michael Bay as well, who did all the Transformers movies and has the pandemic movie coming out. 
He's John Krasinski, stunt double. This guy's done tons of amazing things. He's been a mentor of mine for a decade. He's the one who taught me discipline, follow through, creating trust with yourself, commitments, doing what you said you were going to do after the feeling you said it in his past. Those are people, when I look at high performing people, this is why I love being able to interview people just as you're doing right here. And why I brought in people like Tim Kennedy, has he built the biggest business ever or made the most money or knows how to sell from stage? Probably not. I don't know. But just the way that he's been a high performer in life, there's things to take away from each one of those situations. So I love to look at people's life. So I love professional athletes. I've read uh, biographies, autobiographies. I just want to see the inside scoop of how they lived life, not just what they showed. Because everyone's going to show their best stuff. I want to see what did they do on a normal day to day. So when I got to know Russell, I wanted to see how do you live life? I wanna, I'm interested in how you do life. So for me, I learn from everyone. I learn from my son. I learn from everyone around me, but I choose to look at athletes that I'm inspired by and I want to see how do they do life. And then I pick up tactics and stuff like that from other people. But, but as you said, Russell, Jay Abraham's been a great mentor to us. My mentor, Yost Jansen, Cole Hatter has been a huge mentor to me as well. Phenomenal guy. But what I found is that you learn from people that you trust. So first, I want to see who is living the life that I want, who's doing something that I'm inspired by, and then I'll learn from them. But I don't, I don't want to learn from just the smartest guy because he may not be a guy that I like or a girl that I like. So I'm always looking for who's the person I trust, and then I want to learn from them. That makes sense. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I consistently am looking for – I remember this one guy told me, he said, Nicholas, the best mentors aren't the ones that failed because there's people out there that fail and they don't do this. Don't start a business. Don't get married. I'm, I got divorced. It was terrible. Okay, great. That person failed. There's some value from that, but that's not who I mainly want to listen to. Then there's people that just succeeded. They just had it easy. They were super talented. Didn't go through the struggle. That's amazing. But there's a lot of athletes out there that don't become great coaches. They're just very gifted, phenomenal, but they don't really know what it's like to not know how to do that. And then there's people that struggled immensely and they overcame it and they succeeded. And those are the people that understand the struggles. And this is why we built our health company so big when BDB was just a health company is that I struggled with my weight. And because I not just struggled, I wasn't just some fat dude walking around saying, love yourself. I was a guy who struggled, overcame it and, and saw the fruit of it. I wasn't the most fit person in the world, but see people, not everyone can relate with six pack abs or seven figures or eight figures or 10 figures or whatever, but everyone can relate with failure. And when you failed, it's the relatability piece that gets people connected to you. And the reason they listen to you is because you actually succeeded on the other side. And I'm always looking for people that had the struggle. They're willing to admit it, but they overcame it because for me, I had the struggles. I was 60 pounds overweight. I couldn't find a relationship. I couldn't build the business. Those people that can relate to that struggle and they found a way out of it, those are the blueprints I'm looking for. Fantastic. In the short time we have left, this was really, really insightful. I appreciate it very much. Um, I, I wanted to ask sort of as a, as a final question before you tell people how they can find you and what you're working on. You see this polarity in society where either the people are like, totally checked out from what's going on, or people are so enmeshed in the political situation, in the pandemic situation, that 
it's like, it's like such a, it's become an identity of panic and negativity and distraction and all these kinds of things. And I'm curious for the people that find themselves deeply entrenched in the, like the, just the suffering of the world, what would you say to them to help them take a little bit more control over their life, to kind of tune out the noise a little bit and to get on the path that will get them somewhere that is good for them? A really good question. So I always thought if I just knew what to do, I'd be successful. And I remember going to my very first events, building my first business, and I absolutely flopped it. My first year in, I ended up driving us into debt, flopped, and I had to go back and clean carpets for two and a half years for my dad. And that time was super humbling for me. And so I went through this place of I was investing in myself, I was trying to grow, I was trying to get around good people, and I failed. So I thought, when a pendulum goes one way and fails and it swings back the other way. So I became like, don't spend money on anything. Just try to work my way up. Like just try to work really, really hard. And I ended up leaving all my dreams and everything because I got hit in the face by the reality that I had failed. And it got to the point where I had all this knowledge. I felt like I was really smart. I was reading the books and I just wasn't seeing any of the results from it. I was cleaning carpets two and a half years, but I'd go to these networking events or I'd go to these events that gave me a free ticket and you have to pay for parking. I'd be like, not today, suckers. I've already learned from this. No one's going to be taking my money. I'm going to go home. I'm not going in there. And it was the decisions that I was making every day that was shaping my life. Meaning that I thought that the $30 in my pocket was more valuable than the information, the people in the room. And that's where I was failing because I had failed. So I thought, oh, this must be inherently wrong. And it finally got me to this reality of if I keep doing this, though, I'm never, I'm going to be saving $100 a month for the rest of my life. Like, this is not going to get me to where I want to be. So that was a sobering reality as well. So to pause on that real quick with what's going on in the world, the number one thing is that the average person, so 97% of people by the age of 65 are either dead or dead broke, relying on their friends, family, and government for their main source of income. So we already know 97% of people, we don't want to follow what they're doing. That's not even including the people that are still just getting by. There's a very small percentage that are financially independent. They're not dependent on all these different people and all these other resources. The majority of people, the what you're seeing with the election pandemic, they live this way in their life. There's always something going on that can take our perspective off of our own lives and put out other people. That's called a lack of a boundary. A lack of a boundary is failure to maintain one's own perspective. That's one of the lacks of a boundary. You can actually read a book called Boundaries that'll call out all the places where you need to set a boundary and you'll see this problem. Now it's just amplified because we think, well, yeah, there's an election. So like, I need to watch that. I need to see what's going on. And there's everything gets shelved because there's always something more urgent going on in the world. So the number one thing is to spend time figuring out in your life, if you were to take responsibility for it, what would it look like to take responsibility for the things that you want to accomplish in your life? And can you do those things first before you put the focus on these other things in life that are taking away your perspective from changing your life. Because ultimately, you focusing on all these things that you cannot control isn't going to build your life. Now, going back to me being in this spot of failing in my business, what I saw that was the number one contributor to me was I invested in something called a mastermind that I didn't understand at the time. $5,000, six-month program. And at the end of it, we all got together in an event. But my wife bought this for five grand. I wasn't even there. She asked if she could buy it. I wanted to support her. 
one call a month leading up, I missed them all because I was carpet cleaning and I was a little ashamed, you know, that imposter syndrome because I looked at myself as a broke carpet cleaner. I didn't look at myself as where I was going. So all of a sudden we're leading up to this event and I'm nervous because I haven't seen any progress. I charged a credit card for five grand to go sit with a smaller group of people that my wife already met at an event. I'm like, they're already there and you're paying more to get with a smaller group of the people that are also already at the current event. I'm like, what the heck is this? So I show up and I was dumbfounded. People believed in me. They believed in what we were doing. They gave us insight on how we can improve it. They gave us access to other people and they gave us a social accountability and excitement. And this whole rising tides raises all ships. We were in the same Harbor together. And as they were growing, it was just really difficult not to as well. I had never produced $3,000 in a month in my own business before that day. We left there. We did over 20 grand that month. We have never had a not profitable month since then. And the number one thing that I would say in that now I've created programs all around this whole concept and have refined it to men and three-dimensional businessmen to have this like-minded community. Yet inside of that, I've noticed one success leaves clues. I'm going to continue to invest in this if it's causing me to grow. Yet right now, who are you surrounded with? Because I guarantee you plus or minus 10%, your income, your divorce rate will come from your friend group. I'll just pull your friends and be like, how much money do you make? How's your relationship? And I'll just know that you're right around the same exact place, plus or minus 10%, unless you just got a new friend group. And it's an easy thing that we can control is who are we surrounding ourselves with and what type of conversations are we having? What are we consuming? I have this three-part series of what are you ingesting, digesting, and expressing? Whatever you ingest is going to be what you digest, and then it's going to be what you express. So what are you putting into your body? Not just food, but information, because it's going to control your thought life. What are you thinking about? Because whatever you think about is going to create an action. It's going to create an emotion and a feeling. And so if we can take control of those three areas in our life, surround ourselves with good people and take that responsibility for our own life before we give perspective to other things. Now it's, what am I ingesting? What's, what am I seeing every day? Am I seeing prosperity? Am I seeing hope? Or am I filling myself with this freaking clickbait crap on YouTube all day? If I'm ingesting good things, what am I thinking about? What am I contemplating? What am I chewing on, digesting, working through? What are your thoughts? Start being aware of them. And then it'll shape your actions. And when those are congruent, prosperity flows. Outstanding. Nick, I appreciate so much the time. Please tell the listeners how they can find out more about the work that you guys are doing. Totally, man. So Nicholas Fairley on Instagram, send me a DM. I'd love to connect. And also, and it's easier, like I have my book, Modern Day Businessman. It became a bestseller. We sold so many copies. Ridiculous. And we created this free downloadable form where you can grab the book right now instantaneously for free, nicholasbarely.com slash ebook. But if you send me a message as well, actually on Instagram, uh, I'll pay for shipping and I'll ship you a book. I don't care. Outstanding. Thank you so much for the time. It was a pleasure connecting with you. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. There you have it, folks. Another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, We have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.